Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Bear and Federated Insurance. Welcome to the Women in Paint podcast. I'm your host, Michael Chaney. I am also the owner of No Drip Painting, where we are changing lives through paint. Today, I have Tara Riley on with me, and it is going to be a treat because she has lots and lots of years of experience in this industry. Uh, she has been the president of Fresh Touch, Fresh Coat Painting. Sorry about that. And now she's a COO of APPC. Tara, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You got it. So I got the pleasure of uh, seeing you speak at the Women in Paint event in Nashville recently. And you said so many things that I took multiple notes on. And I think uh, just the wealth of information you have, we have got to dive into that. Um, and here's where I think we can start. You know, you and I have have briefly talked about how often a business owner creates this business and somewhere along the way, it has uh, maybe slipped under the radar or it has gotten lost that really the business is su supposed to support you as the owner, right? Yes. And I've experienced this firsthand where the business is actually running my life. And instead of building a business, what I had done at one point was just create a really, really busy job for me uh, that made my hair pretty much be on fire every day. So with that being said, let's talk about the importance of the business being there to support the person. Uh, what kind of insight can you offer to get this conversation started? Well, you know, Michael, I think as we talked about, I think this is one of the most important mindset things that all business owners really need to align to, especially painters, because it's really easy to get so caught up. It's such a technical, um, you know, craft and we get caught up in the doing and we yeah. lose track of the why. Uh, and this is something I think I shared with you. I've seen this with not just pain, painting owners and not just trades, but in all the businesses I worked in, I started uh, way back. My first business coaching work was done with McDonald's owner operators. And some of them had been in business 50 years, seriously. And, and yet even then they would lose track. You know, they were so caught up in running the business the bottom line is you should be focused on getting what you want out of your business. Mm -hmm. And that can, we, we like to break that into th like four areas. You want an income lifestyle. I find is probably the most important thing. And it's the thing we tend to overlook the most. And then of course you want, you know, you want to, to know that you're building wealth, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you also, you've got to think about an exit, right? Uh, Brandon has a, uh, Lewis has a comment that says, if you don't have a business you can sell in the end, you really don't have a business, you have a job. Yeah. So, right. but I think focusing on this personal, setting your personal goals first and really separating those. And people, I, I can tell you, I've coached for over 30 years. 
people have real difficulty sometimes um, getting those personal goals set. I think there was a presentation, by the way, the Women in Paint Expo was amazing. You, you all did a great job of, I think there was amazing speakers and an amazing group of ladies there. So I just want to um, set a plug. I've been at a lot of conferences and expos, and I think that was, to me, I came away more energized from that than just about any expo I've ever been at. So that was pretty amazing. Yeah, but, that's so awesome. But yeah, I think, you know, it is so hard and difficult, you know, people as a business owner, the first thing you need to sit down is separate for a minute your mind from the business and say, what is it I want? And, you know, business owners get a lot of value from the business. Clearly, you need it. You need an income. And usually most people do. You got to know what is that income I need? What's the minimum I need? And then what's what, what do I really want? Because those are usually two separate things. You need to know where your floor is because when uh -huh. times get scary and especially as seasonal as our business is, you kind of need to know what's I we I have a term I call your break even. It's not the classic break even. If the textbook break even is defined as, you know, the business is paying all its bills and uh -huh. but from a for a small business owner, you have a personal break even. And that's where the business is not only making money or, you know, at break even, but you're at break even, you know, your bills are getting you paid, you're reasonably comfortable. So you're not afraid because when you're, when you're working from a position of fear as a business owner, and so many of us are, um, we make bad decisions. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I want to touch on something and really this kind of comes from personal experience, but I, you, you said something that, that landed with me and you said that sometimes it's hard for people to understand their their why or their personal goals, right? And I had found that to be a challenge for me at one point where when I stopped to say, okay, who am I and what do I want? Sometimes that's a really deep question and you've got to really go internally to flush that out. Um, but I totally agree with you. It really becomes the foundation for the purpose of the business, right? Um, do you have any tips or thoughts on how does someone figure out what they really want and why are they doing it? Um, while I give you a second to kind of formulate that, the other thing I'll say, and maybe you can touch on this, is that when I started my business, my why was one thing, but then it shifted into something else, right? So as I grew as a person, as I understood the opportunity within the business, my why did shift. So what, uh, what kind of, how, how do we figure out what the heck our why is and what our personal goal should be? Well, that's, that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, I think, you know, working with a coach, sometimes an outsider to help you with right. that is, can be very powerful because it, it's hard to be objective about yourself as weird as that sounds, but you know, I think, you know, as I mentioned, like when, when you're talking about our whys, right. The income one is pretty easy. It's the lifestyle. That's where you really have to dig in. And that's the really the most important of those things I talked about. So, you know, and that doesn't mean lifestyles of the rich and famous, Oh, I'm driving a Corvette or, you know, whatever. It's really about how, what's, what's important to me in terms of my time. Right. And in terms of my values, and so you really have to maybe down on paper and say, if, okay, look, if, if there was a genie in the bottle and I had wishes and I wish that, okay, my business was operating. If you can visualize your business operating without you needing to be in the day to day, right. Or if you had in, uh, unlimited income, what would yep. you be doing? Right. That's the, always the, the great question. If, if you just, if I said, here's a pot of money and you're going to have, 
you know, an unlimited income, what would, what would you really do with that? And people don't like to answer that question because sometimes they think they need to be really esoteric and it's okay to say, you know, I just go buy a private Island and live on it. You know, it's, or, you know, but, but I think it's most important to say what, what are the big rocks in my time? Right. You know, and I think this is important for all business owners. It's like, you know, my, and a lot of times you say, you know, I guess I got with in franchising, I got to experience a lot of people who were leaving usually a corporate uh, job and mm-hmm. saying, I want to start a business. Right. And so right. they're starting from scratch. And we, month after month, we would talk to groups of people and, and that are, were embarking on this journey. And the first thing they would almost always say was that it had something to do with family. I want to be there so I can mm-hmm. go watch kids games. I want to have con- I want to have control of my own life. So that, you know, I don't miss things that I don't have to go ask permission to or feel guilty that I'm taking a day off. Right. Uh Um, And yet we start a business and then we're actually even more controlled by the business because (laughs) they're calling and our employees need things. I got paint at the paint store. And oh, my God, like you said, our hair's on fire. So that lifestyle question first is really understanding what's important to you. And I think values, and Michael, I really appreciated the presentation you made and you were talking about mm. aligning your business to values that were important and being willing to make those hard decisions, um, you know, in terms of, am I going to stick to my values and making sure I communicate my values ahead of time to everybody, right. not just everyone who works in my organization and everyone I'm working with so that there are no questions about these values. Right. Yeah. You know, and when I kind of mentioned my why in the beginning and it's shifting, it has to do with exactly what you're talking about. Um, because now I think part of my business, you know, we can be an example of what's possible and yeah. we can show people what it looks like when we do, you know, stick our guns and say, no, this is who we are. Um, but you know what, part of what you're touching on here. Uh, mindset is obviously huge. Um, And then you're also really talking about having that um, mindset of abundance versus scarcity, right? So when you Mm -hmm. can say to yourself, okay, if I had a pot of money, what would I do? Right? That's, you know, that is individuals that would be us saying, you know what, Um, one year, we're giving you permission to do that, right? You have permission to do this. You don't need to limit your own self. Uh, you can operate from an area of abundance. You don't have to think uh, small anymore. So what is the dream? Uh, and it sounds like, uh, you know, if we can get to that point, if we can have the permission to really dream and think big, that might be a great starting point to, you know, have our business support that dream. Yeah. And then right from that point, when you when you can start to define that, then the next one is what I call the yes and how mentality. Mm. Okay. So then as a business owner, we have to say, okay, and, th- and I have had this conversation a lot. The answer is yes, you can do this. Now let's talk about the how, and this gets mm-hmm. into planning and being intentional, right? That was the theme of our expo, but, you know, being intentional with your business now and believing you have to have, a, I call it the belief barrier. You got to get through the belief barrier, believing that if you plan, you can influence control you know, make changes in your business and actually have those things come to fruition. Right. So that's yeah. that yes. And how mentality is super important because first, you know, and, and it's really about eliminating those limiting beliefs. Right. I mean, uh-huh. 
can't tell you how many times I said, if I had a pot of money, the first thing is, oh, I don't have a pot of money. I said, okay, well, just pretend. Remember when yeah. we, were kids, we used to be really good at pretending? And then somewhere along the line, as we grew into adults, somebody extinguished that idea because it wasn't practical, right? You know, we need to, we need to engage that imaginative side of us. And a lot of us have extinguished it, but it's right. there. There's always a spark there. And uh, that, that's, you know, again, this is where a coach helps because like, I won't move forward with somebody like when I, you know, whether it was in franchising or whatever, I won't move forward until we can get to something. Mm -hmm. I'll sit here and say, you know, I'll, I'll just be dogmatic and keep asking the question a different way until we get to some kind of answer. And it, and it's okay if those goals aren't grandiose. I think that's where people get caught up to. Mm. Oh my God, I'm supposed to have this grandiose goal. And I'm like, no, it's just, they can be simple goals as long as they're important to you. Right. Right. I think, you know, Again, it's um, those are we've hit on the, the important thing. So you, you've got to define that goal now. Yes. And how now you move into. OK, so now I've got a business. How do I get this business to give me what I want? The, right. the example I shared at the um, you know WIP was I had a, a business owner, um, actually not in painting, but in a different realm. But she came to me and said, Tara, I want to be able to manage my business from Tahiti. Yeah. I'm going to sell my business. So I want to be able to live in Tahiti six months out of the year. And I looked at her and I said, yes, yes. And how there, yes, that can be done. Right. Let's talk about the plan that's going to get you there. And it might be five years, right? That's where, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to, I think that's one of our challenges. We're always thinking of the instant. And I think that other mindset is to start really pushing our, our horizons out and thinking of five years out and being okay yes. with having a strategy to get somewhere in five years. Yeah. You know what? That that's oh my gosh, that's such a, a good reminder because I think what happens is when we're in the moment, right? And we're we're trying to figure out how to run this business and you know maybe we're just starting, sometimes it's really difficult to think about the five year mark. Sometimes it's difficult to think about the the next year because you know you yeah. you might try be figuring out how you're trying to pay yourself or are you even getting paid this week. Um, so I I'm with you. I think it's a challenge. What, what can like a new business owner do? Like if they're between the zero and $500, $500,000 area, what, or, or the better question for you is what should they not do? What are the things to not do? You've kind of talked about, we need some structure, we need some planning, but where are the, the areas that people get hung up on and prevent them from getting to say that $500,000 mark? I, I would say, Regardless of where you're at, but especially when you're in the beginning, I think you need to start establishing what we call your rituals and routines. Mm. That's using your calendar as a shield versus, you know, a sponge, right? Mm. Um, And that is, I would always, I would block off certain times in my week and be very consistent. And that's that you're going to do the, the key um, tasks and activities that will help you grow your business. You need to spend time on marketing, on networking, on people development. You need to, you know, and, and, and honor for yourself, honor those times. This is something that's very interesting, but I talk about a term called behavior mirroring, right? Your business will mirror your behaviors. If you want a business that is orderly and um, intentional and delivering consistent results, then you as a business owner have to act in an orderly and intentional and consistent way. 
Mm-hmm. And you do that with your calendar and your time. Um, if you want to see a change in your business, you physically start, it starts with you. You have to physically change something you're doing. And it doesn't have to be big things. Right. This is the other thing I want to message I want to send, especially to small business, smaller owners. A small change can have a big result over time. And it gets, sometimes I think people sign up for a coaching program or some kind of thing. And it seems overwhelming because there's this huge thing. I got to implement all this stuff. Uh-huh. Like, one, the power of uh-huh. one, focus on one yeah. thing. Again, and then there is a method, in, especially in painting. If we if we analyze a business and we look at metrics and everyone goes, well, I don't track everything. I said, but you know, there's a way to figure it out. We, you know, I, that's, that's the first part is, but you know, tracking things. If you're a, if you're a new business owner, I mean, it's get in the habit of tracking yeah. the important KPIs, right. You know, just, and they're not, I know it seems like it's tedious, but by bottom line is this is going to pay back in droves. And immediately if you're tracking things in your business and you're, and you're, you know, looking at numbers, you're already in the top 10% of business owners in the world. And I mean, all business owners, not just painting business owners. So elevating yourself that way, but I'm sorry, I'm wandering around, but that, yeah. So that, that those routines, rituals and routines, first thing, get in those habits and you you're that way you're, you know, you're spending your time on the highest value things. Yeah. You know what, Tara, there are two things that you said that I love. So use your calendar as a shield, not a sponge. That's huge. I I can visualize that. Right. Um, And then the behavior mirroring that that's, that's so huge. So, I mean, maybe even if I just put this in a practical sense, like you're saying, if you want, you know, your business to be orderly and structured, look like, look at your life. Are you, I, I mean, I would even break it down to, is your vehicle clean? Is your house organized? Are you making your bed? Is your refrigerator cleaned out? It's like when you, you know, when you clean out your refrigerator or your car, it immediately gives me some sort of gratification. Um, And you're saying even just start small. I mean, having an orderly clean space to work from is so basic and practical, but that actually can affect your business. Yes, it does. And um, yeah, so um, so let's talk about KPIs for a minute. If yeah. someone's in that early stage, zero to five hundred thousand, I know there's a ton of KPIs that we could throw out here. But what are the ones that you find are the most essential? Um, like you're saying, someone could grab a hold of, start now. It's not too overwhelming. What is it? Yeah. So the first four are your core business KPIs. You need to know. You need to understand where your revenue is, right? Okay. And I'd be looking, I look at revenue on a daily, weekly basis. Um, you need to understand where your expenses are. You need to know your, um, uh, basically what your um, profit clearly is, okay. right? So those are the, you know, the core and then your cash. Yeah. What's really happening with your cash and not just, you know, don't be a checkbook, uh, you know, manager, you know, not just, you know, what, how much cash do you have? and then have all your expenses been paid? So that those four mission critical in any business. And so those, you know, start with that and okay. you get a handle on it. And then, then the next, and then I'll just talk about one, what I would call diagnostic. Yeah. You got to know what your gross margin is, your gross profit. Okay. That's yeah. mama, right. Um, <laughs> let me, let me take you back to revenue real quick. Yeah. Um, in terms of that, 
let's break that down a little bit. Um, when you're starting off, uh, the way I'm kind of viewing this is, do you think it's important to, know, you're saying know where your revenue came from. So maybe um, if it's uh, homeowner repaints, if it's interior versus exterior, if it's commercial, like what kind of breakdown should someone do early on to understand where the, where the revenue is coming from? Sure. I mean, if they're not a singular focus, like, you know, obviously with Fresh Coat, you know, we suggest they started with res repaint. Now you want to know exterior and interior, right? Mm -hmm. Because also depending on where you live in the country, you can paint inside year round, but exterior right. has a de definite season and it, you know, and if you are in the middle of July and realize that your entire pipeline, and I, and I would look at revenue in two ways. I'd look at current, right? What have you completed? Okay. But also look at your revenue pipeline, what's coming up. So you're, you're looking at the future. So, you know, what's on the, what's in my pipeline, you know, what's, what do I have working for the next, you know, three weeks, six weeks, you know, three mm -hmm. months. Um, and all, all of a sudden, if you realize that all the revenue in your pipeline is exterior and you're, you know, six weeks from, you know, the first freeze, you might be in trouble. Right. Because do you right. have, you know, so, so I think looking at that mix, right. Yeah, um, totally. And then, um, you know, I would even take it a step further. And I know that this is part of what you're talking about, but, um, just to make it practical for folks. Um, I'm surprised when I talk to someone and they have all these questions and my first question to them is, well, are you doing your job costing? Yes. Right. I think one of the most basic, basic things you have to do in the beginning, uh, if you don't understand numbers and all of that, you can learn it. But the most basic thing is, are, what does each individual job look like? Right. Um, and, and I, because I think that that gives a guide and, and yeah. what we do in my business is, you know, what we want our materials between 13 and 15% for each job. Yeah. If we have a job and we we do the numbers and our materials were 50%, that is an indicator. There's a problem on that Absolutely. job. Did we buy the wrong materials? Did we price it wrong? Um, and then you can do the same thing with labor. But I'm surprised when I ask people, are you doing their job costing? And the answer is usually no, but they're asking really, how do I get more customers? How do I do this? And it comes back to job costing because if you're finding that on all of your exteriors, you're losing money, then maybe you should stay away from exteriors right now or figure out how to price that out or figure out where that, that, that gap is. Um, so I know that's what you're talking about, but this is like super, super. Uh, yeah. Let me, you are a hundred percent spot on. And it's honestly like if I, the first thing I will do again, if I'm coaching with somebody, right. Now, yeah, I mean, I can talk about, I want to get to your personal goals, but really, honestly, when I'm doing a diagnostic, the first thing I need to know is your gross, you know, what's your margin and are you job costing? Do you know if every project is profitable? Right. Because that right there, you know, and honestly, I, and I'll, I'll shift a little bit. If you were doing nothing else except job costing as a beginning, yeah. if, you're, if you know that every project coming in that you're making the right amount of money on the fact is you're probably, you know, everything else will start taking care of itself, yeah. but you, you nailed it. Um, and that is the number one critical success factor in our business is you got to know every project. Was it profitable? If it wasn't, why? And you right. need, and you can't wait. You don't need to wait. Yeah. A month to, I mean, literally at the end of that project, you should be going, okay. And that's for your crew, for you, 
I mean, you, you need to go back and then autopsy it. Like if it's, if it didn't hit where you wanted it to right away, well, what was the problem? Did we screw up the estimate, right? Did we screw up? Did we run over? Was it just, you know, was it a productivity issue with my team? Um, You need to immediately know so that, that, so that, you know, you're not making that mistake again. And that now comes back to the term production rates, right? Yeah. Oh boy. That's a big one. Um, And only because we have limited time, we're not going to dive into that, but I want to throw something else at you. Um, In the beginning, how do you think the owner, if they're, if they're, you know, we, we met a lot of husband and wife teams at the, uh, at the event, if they're a husband and wife team and they're both painting and they're doing all of the things, how do you think they should pay themselves? I'm interested to see, like, do, you know, uh, what I find is, uh, after someone does the job, they say, okay, I've got a thousand dollars from that job. Now I'm going to put it in my bank account. Do you have any suggestions on how to manage that? Is there a structure someone should use how they pay themselves? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I recommend using, I call it the envelope theory, right? You need to know what your costs are. What are the bills that have to be paid? And you basically, when you bring in a thousand dollars from a project, you need to know a certain percentage needs to, you know, go against, you know, I'm going to be paying a bill. I'm going to, you know, I may be if bills are coming up. So that, that would be, and then yourself. Right. And, you know, and I don't, the unfortunate part in, um, um, you know, in any business is that we always say owners get paid last, but uh-huh. there is a theory out there that, that suggests if you, if you're very intentional about how you do this, you need to make sure that you get paid first in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's like the prof, profit first mentality. I don't know if you've read the book by yep. uh, Mike McCallowitz, same idea. And it reminds me of something a coach said to me once, um, uh, you know, as I'm building this business, they said to me, well, do you have health insurance? And at the time I was like, well, no, I, I can't, can't afford it. And they said, no, you need to have health insurance. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the first, you know, so they made me get health insurance. And in the moment I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. But now it's kind of the same idea of like, look, you got to take care of yourself. You're the structure, you're the backbone of the business. And if you're not there, then the business doesn't exist. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. It's, you do have to figure out how to pay yourself first. I've often wondered when speaking to folks just getting started, if I'm kind of interested to hear what you think about this, like pick an hourly rate. If you want to pay, if you want to make 25 bucks an hour, pay yourself 25 bucks an hour and you pay yourself 25 bucks an hour for every single hour you work. Yeah. If you can't afford that, then there's something within your pricing that needs to change. Maybe you've got too many expenses, whatever it is. And my idea is if you pay yourself some hourly fee or salary, then you're going to know when you can actually replace yourself. You're going to know when you can afford another $25 an hour person. Have you seen anybody run sort of a model like that or have any insight on that? Yeah. That, I mean, that I think you're, right on the money in terms of you got to, it's really important to value yourself. And I think I'm going to kind of segue off of that a little bit. I apologize, yeah. but it's also understanding um, when you're working in your business and you're paying, you know, the question is, what are you paying yourself? We, we I will tell somebody you need to value yourself at least at a hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, now I was, you know, clearly now if I'm talking to somebody and they're still painting, then that's a little bit different. Right. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the bottom line is that, you know, whatever activity you're doing, you know, I, I, I go back to, I owned a restaurant at one time and 
look, I have a degree in finance. I can do accounting all the time. But when I was upstairs doing bookkeeping, what was I paying myself, right? I was, it turns out I was able to hire a bookkeeper to come in and at $15 an hour at that time, right? So yeah. when I was doing that work, that's what I was paying myself. I wasn't saving $15 an hour. I was, I, I was that was all I was paying myself. But my value downstairs with my customers or out, you know, marketing or out doing even being at events and, and talking about our, you know, was way more than, you know, right. $15 an hour. So it, it le it's leveraging that, you know, to say, going back to when, uh, you know, if you're trying to figure out how to get yourself off the ladder, right. You, you know, you're, that's it. You're paying yourself what you would pay a painter while you're, right. while you're painting, you'd be better suited to even, even if you're training somebody, right. Uh -huh. You know, to take your time, invest your time in developing somebody. And now you've replicated yourself on, you got to replicate yourself in the line first. That's the first step to becoming a, you know, an intentional yeah. business owner and truly having a business is to not, is, is you have to step off the ladder. Man, that's a tough one too. I remember the days when I actually did that and I had to give up that control. It was a real learning experience for me. Um, and some, sometimes it still is when I bring on, you know, when I brought on my first estimator and I stepped away from that role. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, you know, internal personal battles that you, you come up against when you're a business owner. Um, I got a few more things for you. I told you our time together was going to fly. We're almost, uh, at the 30 minute mark. Um, but, and, and maybe at some point you can come on Pat, come back on and we can talk about all these other things. You've got so much uh, knowledge to share with us. Um, but here's something that I ask everybody. Um, what do you do to take care of you? What do you do to take care of Tara so that you can show up and help business owners like me crush it uh, so that, you know, you can go to the Women in Pain event and get on stage and share all of this information you've got and be so helpful to all of us. What do you do to keep yourself inspired and keep showing up so you can you can do this job that you're really passionate about. No, oh, that's a lot to unpack. I think on the basic, <laughs> <laughs> on the first basic level is, is, and I'm, and I'll be honest, I'm can be guilty of not doing great at this, but I find that when I take time again, I use my calendar to make sure I have time to exercise, yeah. um, you know, time to uh, reflect. I, I invest time in reading um, and in participating in other things. I try to be external. And that's like going to things like the expo. Like if you're in this business, going to the expo, going to um, networking events, you know, being in networking is a critical component to, I think, to marketing. But, I, you know, I do think you have to, when you're, when we're talking about those rituals and routines, one of those rituals has, and routines has to be self-care. And, you know, I mean, you know, you're in a, you're in a trade where it's physically exerting. The last thing you're thinking of is that I need to go work out. Right. Mm -hmm. But the repetitive motion injuries that we see in, in this industry mm -hmm. are because we don't exercise the other muscles and we don't, you know, um, so even if you're, if you are painting, you know, you need to, you need to get some exercise. I would use, I, I love Pilates. So that's one of the things that I do. Cause I think it, it does the stretching and it does the, you know, the core, you know, uh, building, build up, but that's, I think is critical. I mean, but it is, I think it's just that, that, you know, I try to create routines that um, allow me to be expansive to, and 
honestly, some of the best things I do are talking to the more business yeah. owners I'm talking to. It's, it's like, it's super energizing. So that's, yeah. that's one of the things that I really enjoy. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to doing more of that here in the future. So. Yeah, it's so inspiring. And I'm with you. Uh, you got to be involved in groups. Um, you know, when, if, if you're feeling down or you're feeling, you know, you got all that trash, that head trash talk that's coming at you when you can connect with people and one, you recognize, Hey, everybody else is experiencing some difficulties. Yeah. Uh, and you know what, I'm doing some things, right. I, I can share some information here too. Um, I think we have to talk about your smoker because it's in the background. <laughs> I imagine that that's a way for you to disconnect and do something that you really love. Talk it about is. that for a moment. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, I love cooking. I, I developed the love of cooking from my mother and then I started to really enjoy, I lived in Texas for many years and I was just fascinated by the, my uncles and cousins that, you know, could just whip up this beautiful piece of, you know, huge piece of meat and, you know, and cater for a wedding or whatever. And so I fell in love with the concept of, of grilling and, and, uh, and smoking meats. And so, yeah, this little, that black square behind me over here, that's a, um, quite large, um, smoker that, uh, I, I can cook all kinds of things in, you know, I can smoke something as delicate as fish. And, uh, my favorite thing, obviously I can do briskets and ribs and all the fun stuff, but, um, uh, but I do love that. I love, uh, entertaining. So, you know, any op opportunity I get, I, I think one of my favorite things every year, I, I volunteer with St. Vincent de Paul and we do this kind of a fall picnic and, Every year, um, uh, one of our members, Peter, hosts it, and he always says, "Tara, are you going to cook the brisket for it?" And I'm like, "Absolutely, Pete, <laughs> freaking brisket!" Well, you, know? you know what? I think you should maybe host some sort of event. I don't know, <laughs> retreat, and then you can you can handle all the cooking. Um, well, listen, thank you so much for joining me. I want to do this again. Uh, you've got so much information to share with us, and I appreciate it so much. Um, last but not least, how can someone get in touch with you? You're doing coaching. If someone wants to reach out and uh, partner with you, how can how can we get in contact with you? Um, you can email me at, it's pretty easy, Tara, T-A-R-A, at paintersacademy.com. Uh, that's the easiest way to reach out to me. And I recommend uh, check out Painters Academy. Uh, there's We've got some great resources there. And uh, would love to hear from anybody who's seeing this, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I, I offer to just about anyone interested. I call it a one hour diagnostic. No, I'll spend an hour with you and go over your business. And it's really no obligation. I just love talking to business owners. So if you're interested in somebody, you know, seeing this, I don't care. It could be months from now, you know, please hit me at Tara at Painters Academy and I will set that time up for you. Amazing. Well, uh, we've got one more show here that's coming to an end, unfortunately. So thanks for joining us for the Women in Paint podcast. If you don't follow us on our Facebook page, make sure you check it out. You'll find people like Tara there, Women in Paint on Facebook. And uh, once again, Tara, thank you so much. Uh, as we end this show, I just want to remind everybody uh, to keep working hard and uh, use your resources like Tara and feel free to reach out to me as well. Awesome. Thanks. See you Mike. next time. You got it. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painted Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.